Welcome to the Photography Opinion Podcast. We discuss all things photo, video, and camera related. I'm Ben Lucas. And I'm Stuart Marlantis. And this is PhotoLog. So guess what, Ben? What? I'm excited. We have a question. Noise. I like it. What's question, question from listener Doug. Uh, first of all, Doug, thanks for reaching out. Um, his question is, how many images should be presented from a high school senior photo shoot? I have only photographed one or two family slash friends that would be considered a professional shoot, but I want to get my first paid shoot this fall. So any suggestions are welcome. Love your show and like the open discussion enough to join your Patreon. I hope that helps. Woohoo! Yeah, that does help, Doug. Thank it you so much. It does help. Thank you <laughs> so much, Doug. Um, yeah, so for all of you out there, uh, right now the Patreon doesn't have you know special rewards and mm. things like most other Patreons because I haven't gotten to that part yet. But we uh, just love bringing you free content. And if you want to give a little bit of that love back, um, the tip jar is just a dollar. So if you just want to throw a dollar in the tip jar, thank you so much, Doug. Um, and we answer your questions just like this. So uh, how many photos? Let's start with how many photos you should do from a high school senior shoot. And I will say it depends. So I would say you need to give them enough that you are giving them a good variety. Because if you're not giving them a good variety, you can't get a print sale. Now, you would think the senior photo shoot, all they need is one photo from the yearbook. But if all you do is shoot that one photo from the yearbook, you're not getting anything else. So you need to shoot a variety of looks so that you can sell a variety of looks. That is more of where your money is going to come from on a senior shoot rather than the upfront fee. Um, Senior shoots, I would almost even say, like, give them a huge discount on the upfront fee or shoot for free even because you're going to make it well worth their while on the back end if they are invested in doing a bunch of different looks and going to cool locations and doing photos. So um, congrats on on getting some shoots this fall. Um, But yeah, you need to show enough that you have a good variety, but you don't want to show too much to overwhelm. Now, to put actual numbers on this, I've had photo shoots that are as little as 40 selects, and I've had some that are as many as 300 selects. But let's talk about kind of what that includes. So a select does not mean necessarily that they're just, like, getting every single image. Like, maybe they do get all the images, um, but you're definitely not retouching and printing 300 photos. Um, <laughs> so really what it comes down to is, are you giving them finished, finished photos? Or is this just a proof gallery that they then choose finished photos from? Cause if they're buying photos, then maybe they buy eight, maybe they buy 20, um, maybe they buy 40, which is awesome. Good, good job that they love your photos. Um, but if you are just trying to show them proofs, I would try to show them at least 30 or 40 images that are rock solid and completely different from each other. Um, now if you're having issues coming up with completely different images, let's just take one pose, one example. They're just looking square to the camera down the barrel. Well, if you shoot that vertical up close and then you zoom out, and uh, you get a middle shot, and then you shoot a more kind of scenic landscape 
shot where they're kind of small, but it shows either the alley or the beach or the forest where you are. You shoot all three of those. Now you turn it horizontal and you shoot the wide one, you shoot the middle one, you shoot the close-up one. Now you have six distinctly different photos and they have not moved or changed their pose. So I'm imagining if you take that framework, you can very, very easily at six distinct photos per pose and you just start building some poses, you can very easily get to these numbers we're talking about. So most of my senior shoots are in the range of about 120 to 300 proofs, but then they end up buying, maybe they only buy one, maybe they only buy the one for the senior shoot, Um, but most likely they'll buy more if they like your stuff. Um, So they buy from me anywhere between 10 to 40 photos, but they're buying that 10 to 40 out of the 100 to 300 that I'm showing them. Cool. Stuart, any follow-ups? Did that seem like a very thorough explanation? Yeah, that uh, that makes total sense to me. But uh, yeah, um, a good on you, Doug, for, for going for this. And I hope your paid shoot this fall that you're shooting for works out. Um, sounds like you're going about it the right way. So uh, congrats to you. Um, and again, and again, thank you for joining the Patreon. Uh, it's patreon.com slash non-creative. And there are tip jars both for this show and for Ben specifically. If you check out his uh, YouTube channel and yeah, you want to support channel. him directly, um, there is a tip uh, jar even, for that Even too. though this podcast is also on the YouTube channel, I wanted mm-hmm. people to differentiate uh, what kind of content you're going for. Because if we start getting a lot more subscribers and they're leaning very heavily in one tip jar than the other, then I know where I should spend more time making that high quality content that you guys love so uh thank you doug for the patreon uh everyone else go join the patreon patreon.com slash creative and now on to today's episode now that we have given a good piece of advice today's episode what is the worst piece of advice you have ever gotten Stuart? <laughs> uh there are there are so many um i i feel like you know in let's keep it to top three maybe. yeah um <laughs> keep the this episode could go on for a while otherwise <laughs> so the first thing um i think that i'm going to say is uh with worst advice is this is <laughs> granted not a specific piece of advice but any piece of advice that is pushing a formal education um i'm certainly not against education i've actually worked in education for most of my career uh thus far That's true. and i for make a lot multiple, of for multiple different institutions as yeah, well. yeah i've worked k-12 i've worked university um even in my current role i actually make a lot of educational content that's a big part of my role so i'm very pro getting an education of some form that being said as far as photo or video formal education i hesitate to recommend that um uh one of the uh, to me the the end result of that is networking more than any kind of skill Correct. building Correct. um and really in at least in my career so far as an education in general my the skills that i'm actually paid to use on a daily basis are pretty much skills that i didn't really build in uh university at all uh, they were yeah. pretty much stuff that i learned myself some of them more formal than others. Like I have done a lot of like courses and stuff on my own time that have been really helpful. Um, but as far as my formal education, a lot of that was uh, really only beneficial for networking reasons. And I guess 
fun in some respects i mean we met so that's cool (laughs) yeah that's true we met in college so it's a social exercise to to follow up on that uh one of my favorite quotes mark twain i never let schooling get in the way of my education so there's that i'm not saying education is bad don't don't Mm -hmm. not go to school if that Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Did but I just, do that right? Just make sure you're doing it for the right reasons and make sure you have realistic mm-hmm. expectations. You're going to potentially be spending a humongous amount of money uh, or rather spending money that you don't have and you're going to be in debt for years and years and years. Um, so make sure that you're going into that with eyes wide open. Uh, if you're of that age where you're making that decision or if you're considering going back to school. Irresponsible. Yeah. Be, yeah. Be responsible with your money. Be responsible with the debt you're going to be shackled to most likely. Um just know what you're getting into and know the price that you're going to be paying yeah. um, as much as you can. I I would I am a classic example of I went through school, I got the classic art degree, um, I focused in photography and I got as many skills as I could. Now, realistically, all of the skills that I got, very few of them actually came from school. A lot of them came from online learning or in-person workshops or various internships or just kind of practicing and building and yeah. books. And there's a lot of different ways that you can learn. Literally, no one has ever asked for my uh, degree before they hire me to shoot a wedding. That has never happened. They say, <laughs> can you do a good job shooting a wedding? So you're going to get a lot more mileage interning for a wedding photographer to learn the lay of the land. If that's the type type of thing you want to do, then you are formal education. Um, now, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but as you said, it's way more about networking and who you know mm-hmm. than... Uh, than what you what you can do necessarily because um, if you know people in school then they can help get you jobs versus if you're just good and then you get kicked out into the cold on your own uh you're like me and you're screwed <laughs> i will also say uh just to touch on the the video or film aspect i have literally never heard a single person tell me directly or indirectly that film school was worth the money um so if you're in that zone ryan connolly from film riot he thinks it was worth it yeah (laughs) wow okay but it was but it was more about because he learned how to properly be on a film set because he he went specifically to film school he learned how to do all the different jobs like gaff gaffer and stuff that are specific to film sets and then he had a network of connections that then could get him jobs Mm -hmm. when he graduated so again it was about networking yeah and I, and I would argue you could probably talk your way into being a PA on some film and like work your way up from there. So you can, and you can learn a lot of that on the, on the job too. But, but okay. So there's one person that I'm aware of <laughs> that thought that film school was not that I know him personally or anything, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, uh, I would be extra careful of film school because I have heard the worst possible things. Yeah. It. Yeah. It's expensive and it doesn't get you, it doesn't get you your money's worth. Okay. Yep. Uh, there you my... go. My worst top, I guess, let's say third worst, Mm -hmm. is uh, do a 365 project. Now, if you have not heard of this before, it is shoot one photo a day every day for a year. Now, maybe if you just do it for the month of January, neat, cool, Mm -hmm. do that. Most people can't even get through one month. Uh, I did this once, and let me tell you, I was really excited for the first two weeks, 
And then I started getting bored and uninspired and I started phoning it in. And then I, I, I did find some cool things and I went on trips and I made sure to take a photo every day, even if that photo didn't get posted. Um, I eventually got around to posting most of them, I think. But yeah, by the time I hit like September, October, I'm just so burned out and I don't want to do it anymore. And it's a strain, honestly, on kind of my time and my bandwidth. Um, You've only done this once. I have attempted 365 projects probably half a dozen times. (laughs) Now, one thing that I will say is uh, shooting a calendar is almost like shooting a 12 project. Uh, So that's actually how it originally started of I wanted to do these really big, over-the-top, fantastical things where a photo shoot took multiple hours to pull off the shot. And then I would spend 10 to 20 hours in Photoshop doing a bunch of cool stuff to it. And you obviously can't do that 15 hours a day every day of the year. So that turned into what if I just make one super cool photo a month? Well, that one super cool photo a month, I started planning these really big over-the-top projects and um, scheduling wouldn't line up. And, well, okay, I missed last week's, but so it's happening – or last month's, so it's happening the first week of this month. And, um, like, I, I kind of did some cool things, but, like, there was really no rhyme or reason to any of it. I was just making 12 completely random things, and I thought, well, what if what if they were themed somehow – Um, And then that's kind of how I ended up starting doing the pinup calendar. But even the pinup calendar of like, I work on, I'm planning it for a lot of months, but all of the shooting really happens in like three months of the year. So that's not even, that's not even a, no, it just uh, making a large commitment like that Mm -hmm. without, without seeing kind of a reason or a goal for it is uh, rough. Yeah, I've I've attempted these for a variety of reasons to either build skills or do something cool for a portfolio or just for like notoriety if something interesting came out about it. Um, it's never really worked out. I, I have tried them. I haven't tried one now in quite a few years, but um, there was a period of time where I was trying them regularly and it never succeeded. Um, I would say like shoot for like, you know, like a 12 project or like a quarterly or like thing, a 50 or like a 50 or just That's like one a week yearly with theme two vacations. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Something more like that. Like be more reasonable with your time. Um, uh, guaranteeing that you're going to do the same thing every day. I mean, think yeah. of it. What else do you do? Other Anything that's like outside of keeping yourself alive and healthy. What do you do literally every single day? Probably very few things. Um, so just keep that in mind. I mean, <laughs> even like brushing my teeth is hard to do. Three hundred <laughs> like, like uh, there are definitely days where I'm like, I'm too tired. I'll mm-hmm. do it in the morning. You know, <laughs> uh, no, uh, forcing yourself to spend however much time it takes you to set up something new and interesting, and creative. Uh, love yourself a little bit more, and don't don't put that burden on you. Yeah. So, one of the three sixty five projects that I attempted was one second every day which is just a video project where you film one second every day and you put it together at the end of the year, which was a big trend for a while. And that leads into my <laughs> next worst piece of advice, which is, again, anything related to following trends, which I realize isn't a singular piece of advice, but I have heard this many times. Do this thing. Do that thing. Shoot Very with true. this. Shoot with that. Do this style. Do that style. This is really popular right now, so you should do this and you'll blow up. Um, pretty much... That is pretty much never, like, I have 
like I stupidly have tried following trends occasionally. It's never really worked out. The only, the things that have actually blown up for me weren't really trends at the time. They were just because I have strange interests and I would go off and be experimenting with some random thing and somebody noticed. Like that's the only time that that's ever really worked out. Like I was early, early, early with the drone stuff and some of that blew up, but it was before it was really a trend or that you could even really you know, buy a drone off the shelf that was good. Um, so yeah, following trends has never really worked for me. Um, be your own person in my opinion. And yeah, some people blow up from following trends, but I think that's the exception rather than the rule. And usually they're already famous for something. So any advice that I've ever heard about following trends has been useless in my experience. Very true. There's one trend that I'm trying to think of the Brenz, Brenzier method. Uh, the, you take a telephoto lens and you shoot a subject in a panoramic. So it looks like a medium format, shallow depth of field, wide angle mm-hmm. look. Uh, the reason why it's called that is because one dude started the trend. Now, how many people are famous for that? Ryan Renzier. That's it. <laughs> no one else. So I would say less don't follow, don't follow your trend. Like find new things and make, make trends. trends. Yeah. When I caveat, when you are starting out, copy, follow trend, do the thing, learn the technique so you can have it in your back pocket for when you need it. But um, it, the, following the trend is not going to be your call to success. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's a good way to learn. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, yeah, I, I want to, I should hesitate. That's a good point that, and say that, copying and and trying new things can be a great way to learn it and i have done that many many times and so if you're following trends to learn a new technique um really to just kind of learn anything in general that's fine but following trends to to be successful to get famous to be notable probably not going to happen um yeah it's it's better to do your own thing and be good at what you want to do um and uh, go from there yeah all right, let's see. Second worst piece of advice that I ever got. Um, field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. No, they f*** don't. <laughs> uh, no, if you set up a business and you get good and you just expect people to flock to you that is never gonna happen and this actually kind of goes back to your just like oh go to school and you'll be fine yeah go to school and major in business don't don't go to school and major in photography um no it's gonna be a lot of work a lot of hustle um if you set up a website or a facebook page and just expect people to come to you that's not gonna happen if you if Uh, I think when people start a business, they focus on all of the wrong things. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Doug, our our intro question peep here, um, he says, hey, I have a couple of uh, shoots and I'm trying to get some shoots. I think that is the right way to Mm -hmm. go about getting business. Get people to give you money. If Doug's like, all right. I bought a domain name and I built a portfolio and um, I, I hired a graphic designer and I got a logo and I am a professional now. Give me money. Dude, 
no one cares about any of that that's just expected like at this point yeah just because you're there doesn't mean you're worth giving money to unfortunately well no not even that you don't need any of that well, stuff mm-hmm. there there is a but like is okay there yeah. is a kind of like minimum requirement of like you can take a good photo welcome to the table you're allowed mm. to play now um but but yeah like people focus on all of the wrong things in business um uh, I saw this really great uh, video essay about this game designer on how to make a video game. And he was saying, like, I came up with this cool idea and I started sketching all of the art and making, like, menus and themes and sprites and did some animations and stuff. And what I failed to realize is when I actually prototyped the game, the game wasn't fun. So I scrapped the whole thing because it made no sense and it wasn't interesting to play. I think it's kind of like that where people focus on all of the wrong things where if you're trying to do this as a business, the most important thing is getting clients and having a business, not mm-hmm. not setting up your paperwork and um, you know getting your website of like, yeah, all those things are important eventually yeah i think that's i think that's a great analogy like game play versus game let's say gameplay versus graphics like that's this is why this is why nintendo is a humongous success even though they don't have the the best looking games they don't have the most powerful hardware like nintendo started as a toy company they're like they're over 100 years old at this point um and uh they look they're still i think philosophically a toy company they look at games as toys and that the game should be fun to play with regardless of what is actually happening or what you're seeing that it should be fun as a microcosm at every step of the way like it should always be fun no matter what you're doing in any process of the gameplay um and that you know very much like a toy and so as a result they continue to make really fun games that are fun to play and people continue to buy them despite their many issues <laughs> as both a company and as a game developer. And you've got other companies that make some beautiful, gorgeous, amazing, super advanced thing. And it falls flat on its face because it's not fun to play. Um, they Dude, kind of can you hear forgot me? the whole point of why you're playing games in the first place. Yeah. And people will say, oh, well, you know, games can have other reasons. You know, cool, walking simulators can this. be more about experiential or more about a narrative than about gameplay. Yeah, I understand. Um, there are some exceptions to the rule. But in general, um, you want something to be fun first and pretty second. <laughs> you there? You're back. Yeah. Oh, I, I was still oh. I was still recording, so I guess that worked on my end. But okay, but I don't know what you said, and I it'll sp- be an awkward transition. I basically said that here, um, here we yeah. I I can cut wherever it makes sense for me to cut, but start again with they're still philosophically a toy company. That was the sentence that you almost finished before okay. you cut out. Um, so I was saying they're still philosophically a toy company, and that they approach games um in still in that way they approach software as toys and that they want it to be fun to play no matter what you're seeing no matter what you're doing in the game it should always be fun much like a toy and there are a lot of developers that make something beautiful and cool to look at but that ultimately it's not fun and although there are some exceptions like some people would argue that you know walking simulators aren't fun moment to moment but they tell a narrative and that's compelling that there are reasons to play games beyond the moment to moment gameplay in general they focus on fun 
over pretty and that has served them really well um and so that uh is pretty much where i left off go yeah that that sounds about right uh it pretty much sums it up of there are there's kind of the hierarchy and at the base of the hierarchy is actually being good at the thing you do get good at photography if you're not good don't come to the table but then the next thing is okay trying to run a business then get people to pay you money everything Mm -hmm. else happens after that um yeah otherwise you're just doing it complete wrong way and like you're gonna end up with a lot of overhead that you can't pay for because you don't have any clients perfect uh i guess my last piece of bad absolute worst piece of advice Stuart has ever gotten go uh again i'm doing these categorically i know i'm kind of breaking the rules every time but um you are or are not a real photographer or videographer if you insert thing here um anytime somebody has said this to me um which has actually been said to me many times believe it or not uh it has been wrong uh you're you are what you make of yourself, I feel like, in the photo or video sphere. Um, and no one can really tell you if you're real or not. And you're not real or not depending on what you're shooting on or how famous you are or what your images look like. Um, if you if you want to and consider yourself a real photographer videographer then you are one um and don't let basically anybody uh break you down or make you feel like you're one thing or another actually the one one of the things that i struggle with is is this you telling you yourself this and we've talked about this before you know imposter syndrome Mm. um this is something that although i have heard from other people um i've heard probably from myself most of all and that's like oh you're not good enough you didn't do this you didn't do that you're not skilled enough your images aren't good enough your videos aren't cut together snappily enough they don't tell a good enough story um you know you'll you'll say these things to yourself maybe not super consciously but you will say these things to to yourself and that's a sign as we've said of something that you're doing right um, that your your tastes are evolving with your skills and you're constantly pushing yourself to be better. Um, but in the same breath, don't let that beat you down and make you feel um, dejected and that you're not good enough. Um, if people are, if you're doing good work and people, especially, you know, people are paying you for that work as we've talked about running a successful business, then you're real. You're a real yeah. photographer. You're a real videographer. Even um, that's all that matters. people aren't paying you. Yeah, even if people aren't paying you, right? If you're doing good work, that you're proud of or at least can tolerate for a few minutes before you move on to the next thing, then you're real. <laughs> so so I'm sure this quote gets misattributed all the time, but the most recent thing I saw attributed to Mozart of amateur, it means for the love of. Mm-hmm. So it is you are doing something because you love it. It doesn't mean that you have to be good at it even necessarily of like, um, what what is it? The... Uh, my my singing voice is reserved for myself in the shower and the child's lullaby of like you know what you you sing because you love it and that's fine mm-hmm. you take photos because you love it and that's fine uh don't let anyone tell you different even if you're, you're not doing it full time even if you're not making yep. a dime off of it you're mm-hmm. a photographer if you want to be a photographer and you take photos that's yeah 
Unless you shoot Nikon, then get out of here. I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. I, I shot Nikon for years. I'm kidding. <laughs> As Morpheus said, what is real? <laughs> this isn't even a question that you or anybody else should be asking. <laughs> if you All do right. it, you are. <laughs> yeah, so, so kind of in line with my Field of Dreams thing, still same but different. Worst piece of advice I've ever gotten is having X means you'll succeed or make more money that is not true if you buy that new camera are you currently losing a lot of clients because they look at your camera and go oh that's not a high enough quality if so sure maybe you need a new camera but otherwise you're just doing it because you want it um are you legitimately losing out because you don't have a studio space? I haven't had a studio space for years. I go to people's houses or conference room or parks. Mm-hmm. Um, does not having X actually matter? And does buying X actually mean that you'll get new stuff? Did I buy a ProBlens? Absolutely freaking did. ProBlens is fantastic. Has it brought in a single paying client purely because I own the thing? No, it has not. Have I used it on client jobs? Yeah, sure. But buying the thing did not correlate to the the kind of return that you would expect. Very, very rarely is having a thing, whether it is a studio space or a new piece of camera gear, actually going to bring in money and return like you think it will probably not yep probably not yeah yeah this is uh this is i mean gear acquisition syndrome is something that i have struggled with uh forever and part of it comes down to gear acquisition (laughs) syndrome but i think the other part too is there are bigger things of like oh if only i had uh an assistant or mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. only I had a studio, or if only um, I'm able to, you know, buy an ad in a wedding magazine. Um, I've bought so many ads in wedding magazines and they never work. Like maybe they'll work in your area, but uh, no, it's it is. And I feel like some of this mentality is yeah. uh, is is delaying, right? Like you you're mentally giving yourselves yourself reasons to not do something, to not to not like improve your craft to not uh go out and and sell yourself so to speak um you're you're giving yourselves a lot of reasons like oh well i can't do this until i have this i can't do this until i get this thing i can't do this until i have that camera um when really you probably can and that's probably just an excuse not to do it and you're just putting up barriers for yourself that don't need to be there um I I understand, like, especially when I want to do personal projects and pursue stuff, like, when I'm tired at the end of the day, um, I want to be like, well, you know, I I don't really want to do that project because if only I had this piece of gear, the project would be way better. And it's always one of those things where I regret not doing that at the end of the day that I totally could have done it and I was just giving myself excuses. Um, And I feel like this can dovetail into that um, quite a bit. So, um, yeah. Having X means you can get more clients. Um, probably not. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> uh, have I bought things with the intent of getting more clients from them? Yes, I have. Two of those items I'm still waiting to to return because COVID. But uh, the vast majority of the other things, probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've actually bought most of my stuff of a client comes to me and says, I want to pay you a lot of money to do this thing. And then I say, great, 
pay me money. And then I go, oh, shoot, I can't do the thing. And then I buy whatever I need to be able to do the thing. That is when I buy stuff. I don't buy stuff and go, come to me. I own the thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Except ProBlends. Come to me. I've got a ProBlends. It'll make your stuff look fabulous. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag not there, sponsored. There are exceptions. Um, there are shots that you can only get with a ProBlends. Um, but, yeah, in general. <laughs> in general. <laughs> Uh, having the thing will not mean that uh, people flock to you. I mean, yeah. like, does that, boy, like, I'm trying to think of, of any, you know, have I ever gone to somebody just because they had the thing to pay the money? Like, probably not. Like, it was probably like a skill. And I just assumed if they needed the thing, they would either get it or already have it. I don't think I've like, yeah. you know, I haven't like gone to a plumber and said, oh, you've got this wrench so i know you're legit and i'm gonna buy your services like no i assume that they have the tool that they need to do the job um and i'm buying them for their skill using the tool and not because of the tool and you can always rent the thing and bill it Mm -hmm. to your client project you could own no camera equipment and still run a photography business just renting i not that i recommend it that would be scary you could you could (laughs) you could so uh that is our uh worst pieces of advice that we've ever gotten uh we hope that you enjoyed it and you similarly agree that this advice sucks um so with that in mind uh carry on keep shooting uh you are a real photographer unless you shoot nikon (laughs) kidding i'm kidding obviously or sony how dare you If you have questions or ideas for future episodes, you can email us at hello at photo-op.show. Watch us on Ben's YouTube channel at non-creative. As in om nom nom. Share this with a friend and you can listen to Photo Op anywhere podcasts are sold. Or download it. Because it's free.